welcome to MindShift, where we explore how mindsets can help you live a life of passion and purpose. On this show, we'll explore how our thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs shape our outlook on life and influence our decisions. We'll talk to experts from various fields and hear from individuals who have transformed their lives by adopting new mindsets. Whether you're feeling stuck, searching for life's purpose, or simply curious about the power of the mind and how it's changing the future, this podcast is for you. So sit back, relax, and let's dive in. Hello and welcome to MindShift. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button and follow along for some tools and tips on how to become your best self. Today, I have a really, really fun guest that's going to be a very insightful and just fun conversation. Uh, Michael Sampson is a life coach, relationship coach, and he specializes in open relationships and ethical non-monogamy. And he really helps people understand their, their jealousies, the different things that can pop up. Maybe sometimes it's even envy, but really it's almost always something deep within ourselves. And when we have the opportunity to look at this and really truly understand where it stems from, then we have the opportunity to grow, understand ourselves better and really show up better for every single person in your life. Whether you're monogamous, non-monogamous, it doesn't matter. These questions are just kind of paramount to truly understand ourselves better and truly go deep. And that's one thing that I actually really love about the non-monogamous community, the poly community, and really what they're willing to dive into as a result of this lifestyle that they're choosing to embark upon and truly choosing to choose themselves as a result of this lifestyle. So Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So yeah. let's uh, let's start right at the beginning and um, kind of really what got you really interested in sharing this message with the world. Um, maybe some of the stuff that you were struggling with as you were kind of stepping into this world and and really the mindset shift that it had to happen in order to fully embrace it and and become who you are. All right. Uh, well, it I've I've had a you know a non-monogamous mindset for for a while in my life, but the thing that I really couldn't wrap around my head around was relationships outside of a relationship I already had. Um, so the I I struggled with trying to understand how someone I'm with needed or desired or wanted to be around somebody else. And as much as much effort as I thought I was putting into it, I couldn't find the answer. And the reason I couldn't find the answer is because I really didn't want to know the answer. <laughs> when, uh, I was afraid of what that answer would mean. I mean, that, that would mean it would completely change my way of looking at life and looking at people uh and that's what happened I, um it was i sat with my life coach and she tried to explain to me just different life and just different relationships and it, it didn't make any sense to me until she brought in this tool that i that i used called the human design that helps me see that everybody has different connections with people that we we naturally or magnetically connect to somebody 
and there's nothing we can do about it. We just have this magnetic draw to somebody. And sometimes that draw does turn into something romantic. And sometimes it doesn't. And it helped me realize that I cannot always be that person for someone all the time. I don't have the consistent energy to do it. I don't have the I don't have the the mind capacity to do it all the time. Uh, but there are things that I can do consistently and, and and there's other people offer something that I I cannot offer all the time as well. And it's and it's beautiful to see once you finally can open up your mind to to see how it all works. Yeah, that's awesome. The, there is a certain level of like being closed minded to it and having to kind of change the way you're thinking, especially in romantic relationships, when you really start to open it up like that. I have quite a few friends in it and I've dabbled in it a little bit myself, but I, I just find it so interesting. How did you get into actually wanting to help people? Were you a counselor before this or did this come after your own like awareness? and your own problems you were dealing with? Yeah, it, it mainly came after my own awareness and my own problems that I was dealing with. And I, I was like, I cannot be the only one that's experiencing this. I can't be the only one that thinks the way I'm thinking. Uh, there's, uh, I'm like, if I can help one person understand themselves and understand their partner and how they intermix with other people and what their true authentic self looks like, um, it's like if it helped me finding out who I am authentically, what can it what can it do for other people? So it's just it's just turned into a passion that I just keep looking for the next opportunity to to spread the knowledge. So that's that's absolutely amazing. And I really uh, just admire what you're doing and and really how you can help people. Um, I'm curious, what were some of the things that were popping up and that you were uh, struggling with as you were going to your life coach and kind of working on this part of yourself? Uh, what did you uh, kind of learn um, some of your struggles were and where did that stem from? Um, a lot of the main struggles was I thought I wasn't good enough for my for my my partner, my wife, I felt like I wasn't a, a good enough person. Uh, what, what was it that I was not offering that somebody else could offer? And, you know, and then jealousy behind that, uh, the jealousy of man, uh, this person must just be really great, you know, uh, and then the fear of being abandoned, fear that I was going to be left behind, that somebody knew was going to be more exciting and more healthy than I was. And, and that was just going to be an easier life for them to live with, you know, so I thought I was going to be replaced by all that. That was my, those were my big fears. And what I realized is once, like I've said earlier, that um, the things that I cannot always provide and not even, I didn't even know what I could or could not provide I felt like I was providing, but there was, you know, there's sometimes there's a certain level of intellect that people just connect with, uh, just the ways people talk and 
uh, how they share their life experiences. Um, sometimes it's just they're a, they are a good dance partner, uh, and you know, and sometimes they are they offer something romantically that they themselves didn't know they needed that I can't always provide or don't want to provide. So uh, once in in seeing the beauty that can unfold of seeing somebody just be natural and be able to just experience all that life can give them and experience what other people can provide for even myself or or the ones that I love is is just amazing so yeah it's it's really something when you see people um able to be fulfilled in the certain aspects of their lives that they've had problems with other relationships. And then they start going into poly and having those like partners that, Hey, I can do this with you and this with you. And I don't have to get everything from here. You um, happen to when you're doing the relationship coach and with your own experience, was there a part of you and them that feels like they're not enough because they're not willing or they don't like doing those things like if someone loves playing tennis but their main partner hates tennis type thing do you get what i'm asking <laughs> uh i think so uh, it it took some time to realize that it wasn't that i wasn't enough it's just i just either i don't have the ability or didn't want to to actually do any of that. And I realized it wasn't a matter of me not being enough for somebody. It's just, they needed something more or something different or a change. Sometimes it's just a matter of excitement. Yeah. It's like, like, like you say, playing tennis. Uh, if you're always playing the game with the same person across from you, do you ever really improve your life? And so, or your, your game is, so you learn, I mean, and in life in general, it's like, you know, it's easy to look back and say, you know, as a, a guy friend, I can learn from them, but I can also learn from somebody the opposite sex. I can also learn uh, different ways of being romantic, different ways of being understanding and seeing a different perspective and being taught multiple things so it's not that we're not enough it's just that it's just a new opportunity to learn and grow from i love that and and it's so true too like being able to learn and grow and understand that there's different needs you know i've um use the analogy of when I go out, I love riding dirt bikes, off-road sports. That's, that's my thing. And will I go out and teach my partner how to ride? Absolutely. I, I will enjoy doing that. But is that writing to me? No, not at all. And would I much rather go out with my brothers who are like better than me that are going to challenge me that we're going to have a little bit more of the style of writing that I want to do, I'll go out with them every single time because that's what I enjoy. And my partner doesn't need to be a part of that. And that's okay. I think that's one thing that, uh, that was hard for me at least to, to really kind of grasp, especially coming out of a monogamous lifestyle and kind of being raised that way of we're kind of taught that this person is your everything but is that really healthy? Right. And I would say that it's not, I think that's, you know, codependency and they're not going to like every single thing that you like, you know, if I 
think of, you know, my parents who, you know, my dad is very much into cars and to, you know, off-road stuff as well into like planes and submarines. And my mom, she's not, she likes to shop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it makes sense that, you know, they're not always going to want to do the same thing and that's okay. That's healthy, you know, and that was kind of a huge shift for me understanding that different people are going to have different needs and it's okay to have different needs. It's, uh, it's actually healthy to have different needs, but understanding that, especially in uh, open lifestyle can be a little challenging for some people. Um, so I'm just kind of curious when you are working with uh, couples or even individuals within the open lifestyle, what are some of the biggest issues that you see popping up over and over again for them? Um, that's kind of hard for, for some of these people to uh, kind of shift out of when they're very first embarking on this journey. Uh, jealousy is 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 a, a big thing, but I also view it also as I see people um, like somebody is connecting with somebody before their partner's connecting, and you they, they, there's like that feeling of being left behind. Uh, there's that feeling of you're now kind of just in this void, you know, you're not, you're at a party, you're not connecting with somebody, but your partner is having this amazing conversation with someone. And, you know, that those jealous, that jealousy starts picking up, you start thinking, wow, okay. Uh, the someone, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not liked by anybody, or even my own partner's not liking me, or, and so those are a lot of the, those are some of the things that I do see that it's like, uh, they see that it's so easy for someone to connect, and, and that's, but it's also the person that's not connecting, it's not that it's not easy for them, it's just that they are focused on what they're not getting, versus being focused on what they could be experiencing. And for my own self, it I did focus on what I was not getting. I was not having uh, communication or or anything like that. Um, and in some of the people I've worked with, that was some of the things they focused on what their partner was going through, what their partner was doing, and not focusing on what is it that they needed in that time. What it was it their partner they needed, or was it did they need an actual connection with somebody? And and to try to teach them that it's okay to not have a connection at every event or with every person. And and sometimes connections will develop over time. So so yeah, jealousy was probably is probably one of the bigger items that that I, I ran into. So with that jealousy, um, there is a. I want to be careful on how I phrase this. There is a <laughs> kind of level of um, I can't think of the word right now, but that 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 mindset of opening your relationship to save a relationship, which is a horrible thing to do. And a lot of people do that when they get into ethical non-monogamy. Is there any couples that come to you that you tell them not to open their relationship and to wait? And does that happen a lot? Or are you usually dealing with people that have already opened the relationship and they're trying to deal with the consequences of that? Uh, I deal a lot of with the people that are already have already opened it up. 
Um, but I have like just in my just in my daily interactions with people, people that have thought about opening it up, thinking that that will save something. Um, are there chances that it could? Yes, there are those chances, but uh, I, I, it's all, it's kind of like how you approach something. Uh, I mean, it's like you can never be in the best mindset to approach, to get into it. I mean, you could be what you think is the healthiest person in the world and non-monogamy will open up your deepest, darkest demons that you had no idea existed. You had no idea that you could become jealous over something that that is now right in front of you. You have no idea that uh, how much you really do care about somebody until you see that that person is not needing you at that moment. So it opens up so much. Um, can you prepare for it? A little, but there's just things that you can't prepare for. And that's why it's nice to have a community that can help you understand that if you're doing it to save something, realize that there's a good chance you're not going to save it. But if you're also in it, not trying to save something, there is also a good chance that you might ruin something at the same time. So I feel it can go both ways. Uh, it's just the best thing that I've seen is just to continue to talk about how you feel, whether it's just in the moment or whether you think it's lasting just that continual conversation of this is what that person made me feel like inside i don't always feel like that with that person but this is how it made me feel and i liked it and just having that form of communication i think is what will actually help whatever scenario you're at so absolutely uh just a follow-up question. Have you ever, kind of in line with that, have you ever had a couple you're working with close their relationship to figure out between them before reopening it? Has that ever occurred or no? Do you just try to really help them with the situation they're in? You don't try to steer where it's going? Um, I haven't had the actual experience of negotiating uh, whether they should close something off or not. Uh, I've, I've talked with just friends as they try to navigate and, and also myself. I mean, like we've like tried to close things off and try to give ourselves a chance to catch up, try to regulate our emotions and things like that. But it's, it's always like, not always, but I think a majority of the time, somebody is more ready to open it back up than the other person. And, and so there, there's going to be hurt there. There's going to be feelings that are like, that are going to come up and you're, and it's, so if it's something that you want to do is open up, uh, closing it off can, I, you know, can be, can be good. I think if it's in a really toxic environment and you really just need to regather yourself, but if you were able to just communicate through that, um, I think it's healthier to keep it open if that's what you still want in the end is to keep it open. Uh, there's people that that take breaks, they kind of step back, uh, you know, focus on their primary relationship and, you know, and then, but always knowing that the other relationships that they're having aren't ending, they're just 
kind of on a, on a, a little bit longer pause than normal. So. I think that's uh, absolutely wonderful advice and really so paramount. And I love what you said about how it, it will take your demons, your, your dark spots, maybe some stuff that you're blind to and it's going to throw it in your face. One thing that I'll, I'll tell people is, you know, you need to do the work and it doesn't matter if it's before, it doesn't matter if it's during, it doesn't matter if it's after, but what will happen, and I guarantee you, is it's going to take every single insecurity that you have, it's going to throw it in your face and say, here you go, what are you going to do with this? And it's so incredibly paramount in those moments to become curious about where this stems from, like, where, where does this jealousy stem from? Where does this envy stem from? Where is this, you know, uneasy emotions that probably the majority of us have kind of ran away from and kind of pushed aside and said, Oh, I don't want to feel that. But that's the key, right? Like that's the key to truly becoming a better partner, a better human, just that relationship with ourselves. So I'm just kind of curious, how has your relationship with yourself changed as a result of, of you going through this process? Uh, it, it, it has exposed a, a lot of insecurities in myself. And it also, it, it has exposed some victim mentality that I've had for myself. Uh, why me? Uh, what about my emotions? What about my feelings? Do I not matter? Uh, so I, I've, I've had a lot of that victim mentality. And and it's exposed that I've had that for a, a lot of my life and I've, I've had jealousy, but I've either stuffed it down or not dealt with it. And this has brought a lot of it to the surface that maybe in a, in a monogamous relationship may not have ever been there. And, but it's also been able to identify myself and it's helped me create some daily patterns that I have to break so I create a new daily habit of telling myself, sometimes it's 100 plus times a day that I am not a victim. I have 40 some odd years of telling myself I am a victim. So now I have to tell myself I'm not. Or I tell myself, why am I jealous of this situation? Why am I threatened by this person? And instead of sitting back, now I will sit and look, what does this person offer me offer her offer someone else what are they off what who are they and what does this person provide and that mind shift has actually helped me feel happier inside i mean do i still have those moments that i still have a jealousy yes but i process them through a lot better i can actually understand where it's coming from and some of it is just that you know, that missing out piece. I'm, I'm missing out. Like, I want to hang out with her too. She's an amazing person. Of course, I feel jealous that somebody else is taking, taking her out. Yeah, I want, she's awesome to be with. I get it. So yeah. <laughs> so, but it's now it's a, just that missing out moment and not the fear of being replaced. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just a follow up question with that, have you been able to identify where some of that uh, victim mindset stemmed from because I know for me because I've done a very very similar journey and have uh, also found that I've been playing the victim in my own story for the majority of my life 
And as a result of, for me, it was childhood trauma of, uh, of never feeling wanted or seen or acknowledged by my parents from a very young age. And as a result of this, this was running the programming and then it would, you know, pop up in these different times. And as I went within myself and started becoming super curious about like, where does this stem from? Why is this happening? I found that it, um, almost all of it stemmed from childhood trauma and different traumatic events that happened throughout my, my life. Um, have you identified something similar with some of the feelings and jealousy and victimization that you were having, or, or is it from something completely different? Uh, it's still unfolding as a book. <laughs> so it's, it's like, I, I get to unwrap one layer at a time, which takes me back another decade or another year or another experience. And some of it does come from, you know, childhood and not necessarily like parents, but just like in general through friendships or through school, not feeling like I'm being heard, that I don't get my moment to talk. I don't. And so I, and I, I think that's developed into, you know, maybe, you know, I, I threw a tantrum and I got, I got someone to listen to me. So that developed a habit of, all right, if I play the victim, not knowing that, but, you know, subconsciously, all right, the victim got the attention I was looking for. And then over years, the, that just turned into a, a, a way of living for me of, not necessarily now throwing a tantrum, but, you know, taking the moment when somebody's expressing their feelings, taking that moment and now making it mine say, well, what about mine? I get a moment too. Uh, so like I say, I'm still unraveling all of it. It's some of it is still fresh for me learning that the, uh, the victim mentality is, uh, was what I played a lot of my life. So, yeah. I think we all play into that victim mentality. A lot of the times it takes a lot to get out of it. I think, <laughs> you know, when, when you stop going, it's everybody else's fault is it's kind of liberating, but it also is really, really, really hard to do. Um, do you tend to have problems with that with, uh, couples that you're dealing with uh do you hear that victim and do you do they tend to fight wanting to admit to that uh yeah i i i do see it um i see uh i do see the well what about me type you know and you know that they can't look past themselves to see what is actually going on and sometimes it's like it's, it is hard. It, you can't, I mean, you can tell somebody they're that way, but I, it's, it's hard to try to get somebody to see what it is they're doing without trying to tear them down in a way that makes them feel bad about it all. But um, I, I'm, I'm thinking of, of somebody that I, that I've helped that they, they would, always point out this is what it does to me this is how I feel what about what about my needs and wants and that mentality was and still is a hard mentality to kind of break through and for me it would actually it was 
pointed out to me that that's what I do. And in the past, I probably would have told him where to go, but something in that moment, it was like the moment that brought it up to me and, and everything just clicked. My mind started opening and, you know, all that, all that guilt of what I've been doing my whole life just flows through. And so, yeah, so it's now I'm seeing things through just completely different perspective and it's still amazing, but it's also scary at the same time because I feel like I'm a completely different person because of it. So that's that's incredible and it's it's true it's uh it's so so important to help people without tearing them down to really truly help lead them to the truth within themselves and i can imagine with some of this it can be uh very difficult for for some people to look at some of these insecurities some of this jealousy because you know we're te we're touching these wounds of ourselves. we're really kind of opening them back up and then oftentimes not communicating what those even are. You know, I, I know that uh, you said earlier, it's, well, what are you focusing on? And from uh, one of my superheroes, Tony Robbins, um, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. Yeah. So if you're focusing on the wound itself, then you're going to just see all of these things that aren't being fulfilled within you. But when we shift that mindset just a little bit and say, well, what is it you like about this person? What is it that this, that they fulfill you with? And, and then have you communicated the needs that you just told me to your partner? And oftentimes they, they don't even know how to. Um, and I don't know about you, but some of the people that I've talked to don't even realize what those needs are themselves. They, you know, maybe will say my needs aren't being fulfilled, but what are those needs? Let's let's dig down into that. So as people are are telling you about this type of stuff and uh, and that they have these needs, these needs aren't being fulfilled. Why why can't my partner do this for me? Um, how, what are those needs? Have you been able to kind of like dig down and help them pinpoint those needs and help them communicate that? Or what is your um, advice to people that are trying to figure out? A, what those needs are, and B, how to communicate those needs to the people that uh, that they really need to communicate to. Uh, so that's that's kind of like where I start using the tool of the of the human design. It uh, it does point out like where certain people's needs are, where certain people's needs are a form of touch, and and they need that is a very strong need to them they need that type of touch that type of feeling and and it also shows that some people they don't have that kind of energy to to touch somebody all the time they don't have that that energy where they can snuggle with somebody continuously and that's what somebody might need or some somebody's needs are uh like words of affirmation somebody needs to hear that and and it and and so as i tell them about themselves and they recognize that okay yeah that is that is a need that i i need that is something that i want fulfilled that is something that and that's as i as i kind of go through their chart and kind of explain to them who they are they recognize that and then I also will do the same thing and, and explain who their partner is and say that these were these are the 
connections that you guys provide for each other. These are the needs you guys provide for each other. And these are needs that you aren't always capable of providing for the other person. You can, you do have the energy sometimes to do it, but you don't, you will not have the consistent bandwidth to continue to either carry on those deep, long conversations that somebody needs or wants. Uh, but you can do it on occasion when the, when the energy is right, you're not exhausted of the day. Um, and sometimes, and to be honest, it's, it is, I do show it in their chart to them. Like sometimes your need is just pure physical, sexual need. You have this fantasies that are always in your head and you really just need to experience them. And, and it is an energy that will not stop for you. And, and that's why some parts of non-monogamy works great for those people because their current partner can't always provide that. They don't have that energy. They're not always in that state of mind, but they are in more of that state of mind than uh, their partners are. So, and so once I'm able to let them recognize themselves, and let them recognize their partner and then show where they mesh well. And then they start to kind of understand where their partner's needs might come from somewhere or someone else. So, and it that, seems makes, that, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. And I, I think finding those needs, especially sexually and having that openness, um, it sounds like you deal with a lot of people that are already in it, but if you say you talk to friends or family, if someone comes to you, if a couple comes to you and asks them, like, asks you, how can we open a relationship? We want to do this. What are like the top three things, five things? It doesn't really matter that are the most important things that you would tell someone if they wanted to open their relationship and how to do it successfully. Uh, well, I think before they, I mean, obviously, if they're talking about open it up, now they've got that line of communication going. I, I really would encourage them to just like lay out a lot of the things, whether they want them accomplished or not, just like whether it's something that excites them or something that scares them, you know, just kind of make a list of the things that they the, the excitement part, the scary parts, the unknown, just kind of make that list. And now it's out there. Now that would kind of develop a, a good form of communication of, of before you even get into that. And, um, and if it's, and if you're coming from a place of a, of a religious, of a religious background, you're going to have that, that, that type of, programming or conditioning of what religion has done and and you're going to have a lot of feelings of guilt and or feelings of I can't do this or shouldn't do that and those are things that uh, as well something that you need to kind of write down of you know why do you feel that way is it because it was taught to you that way or is it something that you actually feel wholeheartedly about if it's something you feel inside that this is not right then don't make that step but if it's something that you can pinpoint to say well it's because I was taught 
and I don't want to disappoint my parents. I don't want to disappoint my family. It's like, all right, so that is for somebody else. So that means you can move past that and you can do what you need for you. And so those would be my things that I would recommend people if they're starting to look down that path is to just make a list and find out, is this for me or is this for someone else? So I think that's, that's amazing advice. And uh, it kind of goes along with some of the tools that I've suggested to people over the years. Um, one being the jealousy workbook, which is an incredible workbook uh, for open relationships to kind of pinpoint what, where they're at and maybe on a poly scale and to pinpoint some of the issues that may be popping up and how to work through them and really open that communication and, and dive into it. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I definitely don't think that poly or ethical non-monogamy is for everybody because some people just simply aren't. Um, and and kind of like you alluded to there's there's sometimes where it's just, you know, maybe that's not the best idea for you. And uh, I think anybody going into it to save a relationship, depending on the values, I think there's probably an exception there, but for the most part, they probably want to look at what those issues are before they ever actually open up the relationship so they can be at least in that healthier mindset going into it and better able to deal with the issues that inevitably will pop up as a result of completely changing the relationship style. Yeah. Uh, if you can pinpoint what it is you feel that this will save your relationship on is can you pinpoint those things and is that something that you personally cannot provide for that for that person or is that something you can provide or can try to to change or to help to help help them out with sorry <laughs> but yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, one thing that I'm I'm curious about going along those lines, um, what what is it that um, you you see couples coming to you after they've opened up the relationship, after they've done some of the work? Um, what are some of the blockages that that come up? I mean, of course, there's jealousy. Of course, there's some of these things. Um, but is there ever kind of like this mindset of like I literally just can't stand to think of my partner loving somebody else more than me, or I just can't stand to think of them wanting to spend time with someone else more than they want me. Or what are, what are some of the blockages that are some of the hardest for, I think a lot of us to kind of overcome as a result of opening up and fully stepping into this and communicating, but there's still like something just kind of holding them back. Uh, some of the things I've seen of lately is the change sometimes there's there's constant change their relationships change uh, what you thought somebody was going to be doesn't is not it doesn't you know you, you're all caught up in the excitement of that and then it, it, it changes and that person is either less than what you thought or they've become more than what you thought and so that change is is kind of the hard thing to navigate around and you know, uh, especially if especially if it goes in the in the direction of this person is more than I thought they were going to be, and that change is hard for everybody involved to to understand and to kind of wrap your head around because with every form of change, it does expose 
a new insecurity. It exposes a new fear or something that you thought you dealt with, but now it says, well, hello, you haven't dealt with me in a couple of years. Now you get to. Uh, I think just the it's it's continuously changing all the time. It's it's like you think you're connecting, you're having a, a good friendship, and now all of a sudden the friendship is gone, and so you're mourning that. And so you need you're trying to give space for somebody that's mourning the loss of even a friendship. So yeah, the I think change throughout all of it because it it never seems to be staying the same or consistent and it always is moving at a speed that is faster than what other people are willing or or are ready to catch on to so uh, anyway yeah i um i get that with with everything that you're doing as a relationship coach what is your number one goal for all the couples that you help everyone that's listening? What would you like to, I guess, what would be your main objective with, with following this path uh, on your life and this, this whole idea and everything you've learned and what you're trying to give to other people, what would be the biggest part of that? The biggest part would be is don't believe the social media aspect of how people portray their lives are. They are they are posting about the the highlights and the wonderful things that they are experiencing, but because it seems to be socially unaccepted to post about the negative things or the mental struggles, um, that doesn't really seem to get talked about. Out. And so you can look at, at people's like, wow, they are so successful in their relationships or the, all their relationships. How come I can't? I, mean, I, I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just a failure at this. They're so successful at it. But, but if you actually talk to those people outside of the social media network, you actually hear that, no, they have gone through just as many struggles as possible as that you're going through, if not, maybe more. Uh, my advice would be to enjoy what the social media shows, enjoy that they do show the happiness. Don't believe what people say when they say they don't have jealousy. They have it, whether they want to admit it or not, it's there. I think it's a natural thing for us to have that. They might just be able to manage it better. They know how to navigate through their jealousy. So they might be able to say, yeah, I'm not jealous. They're just navigating it differently. Um, everybody does struggle inside of inside of the relationship, whether it's their their main relationship or another one, there there will be struggles, there will be ups and downs, just like it, it, there are in a monogamous relationship. It's just you need to understand that there is no perfect way. They are, uh, like it's been said to me, the highs are highs and the lows are lows. And just, it's good to keep the community around you because they will help help you through it all. And it's, and and it is okay to ask and seek help. It is okay to ask somebody, how do you navigate through this? So don't believe what you see online. <laughs> that would be my main focus. So 
I think that's, that's incredible advice. Don't compare the, the worst of you to the best of somebody else. And that's really what we're doing when we're seeing the social media, the, oh, the amazing beach posts and they're having the best life and I'm over here just suffering, right? Yeah. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's actually incredible to, to really understand that, especially with open relationships and poly and all of that. Um, before I ask you the last question for the day, uh, where can people find you? If people want to work with you, if they want to um, maybe find out more about what you do, uh, where can they uh, go and find you at? Uh, well, uh, on on Facebook, I, you can find me on my on my regular profile. It's open to public, uh, and it's it's just Michael Sampson, S A M S O N. I am the bald guy. Uh, and then I do have a, a life coach page. It's it's uh, life coaching by Michael Sampson as well. So you can get a hold of me either of those ways. Uh, and th that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. You can also get a hold of me. Uh, I, was, I would give out my phone number, but not at this time, I guess, but those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And for anybody listening to the show, uh, go and look at those show notes. I'll have those links in the show notes so you can more easy, easily find Michael and work with them and, and maybe, you know, have them coach you on some of the stuff that can, can inevitably pop up. And so uh, my, my last question for the day, and it's going to kind of turn just a little bit off of the, the poly side, but what is your big mission in life? What is your passion, your goal? Like if you could make a dent in the universe, what is your massively transformative purpose? My purpose is to let everyone, to get everyone to see who they truly are inside, what their authentic life looks like and to live that and to be proud and to love who you are. That's that's my goal is to once you once you know who you are, once you see and appreciate and love who you are, it just makes life so much better. And that actually opens your eyes to letting. And then once you can see yourself, try to see others as they are living their authentic life and don't try to change that. So just try to find a way to live with it. I absolutely love that. I think that's beautiful. Be your authentic self and, uh, and truly just live true to you. Um, this has been an absolutely incredible conversation, Michael. I thank you so much for making some time for us today. Um, Richard, do you have any, any last questions, comments, thoughts, burning, burning ideas? <laughs> Nothing major. I just really appreciate you coming on, Michael, answering our questions. That so was really informative. And it, it's just awesome hearing the different lifestyles people are getting to enjoy and doing it in a healthy way. Thanks for helping with that and bringing that to, to, to reality. Oh, thank you. And it was really, it was good to, to talk to you guys and to have this conversation. I enjoyed it. It was fun. So thanks so much we truly appreciate you making time for us and coming on the show and uh, and maybe we'll have a conversation in the future awesome sounds great thank you have a great day you too have a good day bye bye